listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome to episode number 130. This past weekend, WWE SummerSlam was a fun show. So much excitement, so much energy. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the big WWE shakeup with Triple H now in control of creative and talent relations. We saw a little bit of both of that this past week as well. And then Ric Flair had his supposed final match. I mean, I really hope it is his final match this time. But that was a lot of fun, too. I maybe a little critical last week about it, but we'll get into more thoughts after the break. And also, our special guest for this week, friend of the show, we welcome back ring announcer, broadcaster, and a woman of many talents, Val Capone. And she'll preview Freelance Wrestling's Cheap Pop, and she'll give her opinions on Black Label Pros, The Gang Crosses the Line, a show in Nashville where she was the ring announcer. You're listening to Windy City Slam. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle. But what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708 708- Two four eight seven zero three nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam podcast. Yeah. All right, welcome back to Windy City Slam Podcast. And before we get into the news of the weekend, thank you once again to George Brassy and True Heights Treatment for being loyal sponsors to Windy City Slam Podcast. We're so happy we have extended our agreement with George, and we're very excited to have George as our tag team partner. Much appreciated. Thank you, sir. All right, now let's go to WWE SummerSlam and first of all, the big shakeup over the last week, the television program seemed to have more energy and more excitement with Triple H in control and Vince gone to the wind or wherever he's gone. It was just more energy. And the workers, the wrestlers, and the announcers seemed to be a lot looser as well. And the crowds were really into it. There was just this positive vibe behind WWE. It's something you haven't seen on a regular basis for a long time. So I'm excited to see, and hopefully that all continues post SummerSlam and on in the weeks and months to come. And speaking of SummerSlam, terrific show this past Saturday night at Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. Let's run it down. Bianca Belair retains the Raw Women's Championship by defeating Becky Lynch. After the match, the bombshell drops. Bailey, finally, after about 13 months or so away from the ring, returns, comes out. Then Dakota Kai, who had been released from the company, comes out, stands by Bailey. And then Io Shirai's music hits. And now she's known as Io Sky, by the way. Good old WWE name change is still happening even under Triple H. Actually, somewhat of a cool name, though. So now Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky will be known, apparently, according to Bailey's Twitter, as Control. So it's a new faction. Very excited for this. Three great wrestlers. 
Bailey with that awesome personality. She's made that great run as a heel the last couple of years when she's been on the air or in the ring. Very much looking forward to seeing this. And Triple H's influence already felt in the talent relations department with the return of Dakota Kai. Gut feeling here? I think you see Johnny Wrestling back very soon. Johnny Gargano will be back in WWE. That's my prediction. Going on on the rest of the card, Logan Paul, another impressive outing. I know he doesn't do it for everybody, but you can tell he he works hard. And I think he's a great heel, even though WWE's trying to miscast him as a babyface. And of course, with him and The Miz, it, it's kind of tough because The Miz is a great heel too. So nobody knows who to cheer or boo. Logan was kind of met with some silence, but after the match, after he beats The Miz with the Miz's own skull-crushing finale, the fans gave a nice reaction, so I think he kind of won him over a little bit. He warmed him up. So that's good to see. Then we had Bobby Lashley defeat Theory via submission via the Hurt Lock to retain the United States Championship. In tag team action, a new DQ match, the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic, defeat Judgment Day, of Finn Balor and Damian Priest, and Edge returns to get his revenge on Judgment Day for attacking him and kicking him out of the group and overthrowing him. Now Edge is back, really cool entrance, kind of a, a mix of the brood theme as he came out, kind of jazzed up, and then he came out and cleaned house, and he helped out the Mysterios beat Judgment Day. Then we had Pat McAfee defeating Happy Corbin in a battle of former Indianapolis Colts teammates, although Corbin wasn't there that long, only for a training camp. But apparently they have history where they were roommates in training camp and actually got really close at that point. But McAfee gets the win, and here's a prediction from me. You could tell through Corey Graves' commentary with Michael Cole that, you know, he's very much against McAfee and all that. I have a feeling when they do their little uh, Survivor Series deal this year, Raw versus SmackDown, we're going to get a color commentator versus color commentator match between Pat McAfee and Corey Graves. And I think it's going to be terrific, especially as it builds up and gets closer and they have interplay between the two shows. Will guys jump and attack each other? I mean, I'm excited for the possibility. That's just my gut feeling. I think that's where they're going to go with this. This is not based on anything than a gut feeling, but I kind of have a feeling it might happen. Turning back to the show, we have the Usos. Jimmy and Jay, they retain the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships with a clean victory over the Street Profits with Double J, ha ha ha, Jeff Jarrett as a special ref. Everything was clean. Everything was down the middle. Interesting to see where Street Profits go from here. Suffering the clean loss now to the Usos and another pretty darn good tag match. I don't think it reached the heights of their match for Money in the Bank, but it was still very good. And then we had a quirky finish in the SmackDown women's title match. Liv Morgan defeats Ronda Rousey by pinfall, even though Liv taps out while in the armbar while getting the leverage pin, and the tap out actually occurred around the count of two. So if the referee had noticed and detected the tap out, Ronda Rousey would be your new champion. But obviously the ref did, did not. He missed the call. And still, SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. And now, main event, crazy stuff going on here. Roman Reigns retains the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. The reign is now over 700 days since he won the Universal title initially almost two years ago. And in this match, Brock Lesnar came down in a, with a tractor. And late in the match, Brock actually moves the ring several feet with the tractor and then lifts up a corner of the ring where the one corner is about 15 or so feet high. Roman like falls out through the ring to the floor. It was just a crazy sight. I mean, we, we've seen where the ring broke before a couple different times, but this was really extreme. And I, I kept my fingers crossed hoping no one would get injured, especially fans kind of sitting close to the ringside. But it was quite the spectacle and quite the sight. And Theory did attempt to cash in during that match. I don't believe it was official. He got taken out 
before any announcement could have been made by a ring announcer or any acknowledgement by a referee. So I believe Theory will still be toting around that briefcase. And now Roman Reigns moves on to Clash at the Castle on September the 3rd. He will face Drew McIntyre. All right, all in all, great show, fun show. Triple H, big thumbs up for your first pay-per-view in the hot seat. Looking forward to some bigger and better things to come. And yes, we want to see Johnny Wrestling back very soon. All right, real quick, we're going to talk about Ric Flair's final match, the special card by StarCast and Conrad Thompson and Jim Crockett Productions. It was this past Sunday evening, July the 31st, in Nashville at the fairgrounds. In the main event, woo! The Nature Boy, Ric Flair and Aldrade El Idolo, Rick's son-in-law, they defeat Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in the main event tag team match when Flair pins Jarrett with the figure four leg lock locked in. Of course, Flair bled. You saw some of the signature spots from Rick. Lots of chops, even though if they looked a little bit more haggard than usual. I was kind of critical a little bit last week. This is something Rick did not have to do for his legacy, but I just think he wanted to do it for fun. And it actually was kind of fun, even though he was a little slow. It was still a lot of fun. The, the, the fans really bought in. They had a great ringside crowd, including The Undertaker. Yes, The Undertaker at an independent event. Pretty darn cool to see him front row watching Ric Flair and paying his respects to the man. Also, great card up and down. Pre-show Bunkhouse Battle Royal was interesting, too. A lot of guys that in our coverage area were in that match, like Gringo Loco, Cal Hero, Mansur, Mance Warner, one called Manders, who we see in AAW on the regular. That was a really cool match. And that was won by Mance Warner when he eliminated Bully Ray to get the boot trophy. And also, previously on the show, Windy City Slam podcast guest, Frank the Clown actually made an appearance during the pre-show. But Jacob Fatu gave him a super kick and then gave him a, a butt bump in the corner. Now, I guess he was supposed to, at Warrior Wrestling, face off against Rikishi in a stink face match. Well, they, they were going to manage teams against each other. And he could have gotten a stink face then, but he still gets taken care of by a member of the Fatu family this week. Poor Frank. And it was still fun to watch. All right. Local stuff or semi-local stuff, Black Label Pro, who is in our coverage area, but they were down in Nashville as part of the StarCast SummerSlam weekend. The gang crosses the line. This was this past Friday afternoon. Black Label Pro Tag Team Champions Violence is Forever defeats the team of Shark Boy and Dan the Dead. Steph the Lander, formerly known as Persia Parada in NXT, defeats Billy Starks as a result of a disqualification. And then we had James Storm defeating Brian Keith. Jake Something defeats Crowbar. Yes, that Crowbar from WCW, the former Devin Storm. And he's still around doing stuff. And he was also in that bunkhouse battle royal at Ric Flair's last match. Then we had the six-man tag of Speedball Mike Bailey, Cole Radrick, and Crash Jackson defeating the Bang Bros and Jordan Oliver. And in a fight between two former Sanity teammates, Big Damo defeats Eric Young. Josh Alexander defeats Kevin Blackwood. And in the match of the night, of the, a lot of people thought the match of the weekend, or at least on the independent scene, if not overall the whole weekend, Kanosuke Takeshita defeats Nick Wayne in a battle of future superstars. And Twitter was just blowing up over this match. And Val Capone also really, really praised this match. We'll catch that interview with Val in just a few minutes. And then in the main event, Monsters Ball for the Black Label Pro Championship, heavyweight hustle Calvin Tankman is your new Black Label Pro Champion. He outlasts the incoming champion PCO, Levi Everett, and Joshua Bishop. Also this past Sunday, July the 31st, north of the border, Suburban Milwaukee at the Waukesha Elks Lodge. It was ICW Milwaukee's Insane 8. This was their annual deathmatch tournament. And in that main event, the Insane 8 final, Eric Dillinger defeats Oren Veidt. And then 
in a ICW championship match, if anything goes, Drake Daniels retains the title over Joey Jet Avalon. All right, coming up this weekend, we have a few events. I'll just run them down real quick. Thursday night, August the 4th, Eagle Pro Wrestling at Ozinga Field in Crestwood, and that follows Windy City Thunderbolts Baseball. Friday night, August the 5th, north of the border, Milwaukee, it's fourth wall wrestling, the Maidens of Iron. You see Stacy Shadows, you see Melanie Cruz, and a whole lot more at that packed show. And then Friday night, August 5th, Freelance Wrestling presents Cheap Pop at the Logan Square Auditorium. Main event, Storm Grayson defends his Freelance World Championship against Robert Ego Anthony, and Frank the Clown will be in Robert Ego Anthony's corner. Plus, Mick Foley will be the special guest referee. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Mick Foley inside Logan Square Auditorium. And that show, as of the middle of last week, already sold out. And we'll get into a whole lot more freelance talk and break down the card of Cheap Pop with Val Capone in just a couple of minutes. Also this weekend, Friday through Sunday, C2E2 comes to McCormick Place. And among the wrestlers, they'll be appearing on various days for meet and greets, CM Punk, Danhausen, Lita, Mercedes Vernardo, the former Sasha Banks, Mick Foley, Trinity Fatu, a.k.a. Naomi, Trish Stratus, and The Undertaker. Also this weekend, Saturday, August the 6th, Zawa Live presents Scuffle and Skokie at 2 p.m. at the Village Inn Pizzeria Sports Bill and Grower. Then we have Pow Entertainment's Road to Russell Rage, Saturday night, August the 6th, back up at the American Legion in Fox Lake. Northland Pro Wrestling churning out another show this Saturday, August the 6th, with Lay It on the Line in Woodstock. Premier Pro Wrestling presents Do or Die up in Woodstock that night as well. And then Sunday, August the 7th, Golly Lucha Libre at the Golly Studios in Villa Park. All right, coming up in just a moment, friend of the show and plenty of freelance talk and plenty of black label pro talk, Val Capone. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, very excited here on Windy City Slam Podcast. We're going to welcome back one of our favorite guests on the show, we welcome back ring announcer, broadcaster, roller derby great, and a woman of many talents, Val Capone. Val, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Mike. I'm uh, stoked to be here. I'm a little sleepy. I'm sorry. I had a lot of crazy travels and adventures per usual. So I apologize. I thank you for being patient with me. I have a giant iced coffee. I have a giant iced water, and I am ready to go. <laughs> Excellent. We got a lot to talk about. You were down in Nashville this past weekend for Black Label Pros. The gang crosses the line and what was a terrific show. And if you missed it, you can catch it on Fight TV. And also we're going to talk a little bit about freelance, cheap pop. And Val Capone will be at the center of that as well. But first things first, let's talk about your trip to Nashville and Black Label Pro show. Yeah, it was really exciting because, you know, StarCast, we were, we were part of StarCast 5, and StarCast is a really great event that happens or kind of should have happened annually, but the Pandamarama set it aside for a little while there. So it was really great to, to see the return of StarCast and Black Label Pro, Pro. We got to start it all, basically. We were the opener for StarCast, the very opening event. So it was kind of cool that as the ring announcer, I got to help welcome people back to StarCast and what a great event it was sick cards sick matches top to bottom it was so much fun I was just so honored that Mikey and Tyler um, asked me to be a part of it because you know I'm I'm a newer member to the Black Label 
pro family. I just started working with them in the last year or so. And they're based out of Crown Point, Indiana. But, you know, that's like Chicagoland. It's like a half an hour outside of Chicago, yeah. really. It's not a stretch at all. And so it's kind of cool to get to be a part of the Black Label Pro family. And I've never worked Nashville as a ring announcer for wrestling. I've worked it for roller derby. But it was, so for me, it was kind of cool to like, you know, check another city off the list, making towns, making towns. But it was such an awesome event. I mean, I loved every match on the card. I was super stoked. But there was one match in particular that just kind of blew my mind and melted my brain just a little bit. And it was Konosuke Takeshita versus Nick Wayne. Holy shnikes. Like, oh my gosh. If you're not familiar with these two phenomenal talents, there are not enough words to describe how good these two competitors are. Like, they're just phenomenal. Like, I, can't, I know I keep saying phenomenal, but I mean, Takeshita's you know, tag name is the Japanese phenomenon. And it's so true. And I mean, he is the future is what he's always been called. And he said on uh, Twitter that he wanted to give that name to Nick Wayne because Nick Wayne at age 17, he just turned 17. Absolutely is the future of professional wrestling. Now, Nick Wayne hails from Seattle. He is the son of the Northwest wrestling legend, Buddy Wayne. Ah. And the Pacific Northwest, rather, wrestling legend, Buddy Wayne. And he's just so humble, so hardworking, and just an incredible talent. And every time I see him, every time I've worked a match that he's on, he just gets better and better and better. And just watching him grow, and he just surpasses every benchmark that I could possibly set in my mind. And it's just, it's mind-melting. <laughs> like and to see him versus Takeshita it's like oh the two of them together in the ring it utter magic like initially I think I thought it was going to be a really good match I was like oh that's going to be match of the night that's definitely going to be match of the night but I like lost my breath multiple times like I dropped I always have a fan with me you know because I get so excited mm -hmm. and when I'm like I try not to scream or yell too much because I want to lose my voice so I use my fan a lot to like get my excitement out I dropped my fan like 12 times. I thought I was going to break it because I was so excited. I was fanning so hard. <laughs> like it, if you didn't watch the match live and in person or live on fight TV, go back, spend the 10 bucks. It's absolutely worth it. Watch it on fight TV. It is so damn good. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Yeah. And like, uh, also a really fun match I thought was, uh, Billy Starks versus Steph DeLander. And mm -hmm. it was Steph DeLander's return to a black label pro ring. That was awesome to get to see the Python powerhouse come back home to black label pro. That was very cool. And watching big demo versus Eric young. That was really cool. You know, mm -hmm. because I don't know that I've seen them go toe to toe in the squared circle since they were together in sanity. I mean, yes, they were partners. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they've been, been against each other since they were you know since they were a part of that faction yeah. so it was it was a really cool match it was really fun to get to intro them and um you know there was just some really 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 great matches up and down the card and for me it was just exciting as a ring announcer as such a huge fan of professional wrestling as you know a lady mark as i call myself I don't think it's a it's a bad thing to be a fan of professional wrestling because why in the heck am I working in this business if I don't love this business just as much as the people in the damn seats do? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and I think anybody that knows me knows that's that's a fact. Like, I'm probably the biggest fan in the entire damn stadium. Sorry, everybody, get behind me. You know, I'm a professional. I'm not like a dirt locker room or nothing. You know, it certainly was. A, a bit surreal when I was like in the locker room talking to somebody, making sure I got their uh, tagline and hometown and yada, yada, got their intro. Right. And I turn around and there, there goes Ric Flair just walking through the locker room. I was like, well, that's, that's something you don't see every day in a BLP locker room. That was kind of surreal, but wow. <laughs> you know, and then just another moment for me that was like super, super cool. That gave me chills was I got to do like, this really because Mikey, the promoter, the mm -hmm. the founder, creator, owner, the the 
top brass at BLP. He, he lets me have a lot of fun and act like kind of ridiculous, you know, which is great. And I love it. I, every promotion I work with lets me be me, which is really fun, you know, because I'm kind of a goofball. I'm kind of a little bit of a goofus, right? Which is that why I think they like me doing my thing. But Mikey really lets me like kind of lady mark out on the mic, which is fun. And I got to do this like really kind of cheesy and silly and fun and dramatic intro about the monster's ball, you know. And intro all four of the participants for the Black Label Pro Championship. And that was really fun. And when I got to announce at the end of the match that we had a new BLP champion, and I got to say, and new Black Label Pro champion, Calvin Takeman is the embodiment of bad ass. Mm-hmm. and hard work heavyweight hustle that's his tagline you know and so to get to announce him as our blp champion oh it was so cool so for me the whole the whole day was just magical it was awesome it was just awesome can't complain yeah going back yeah. to tankman real quick that guy okay. based and i've seen him numerous times at freelance underground as well as warrior wrestling and at Freelance Underground, he's their champion, and I got to see him against uh, Shane Mercer at the last show in Joliet, and that was an amazing match, hard-hitting. Two guys that can fly, in addition to two guys that can just throw you around. And yeah. And is the, Tankman is the goods, as they say. That might not be uh, medically correct, but he's definitely the goods, and uh, I just love watching him work. Well, listen, saying Calvin Tankman is the goods might not be right, but it sure as hell ain't wrong because that dude can fly, but that dude can make you fly. Like watching him fling human bodies across the ring. I feel like I've seen him make time travel. You know what I mean? That man works so damn hard. And he, he is, he is how he just has like a next level intensity and a next level work ethic. And I have, I've, anybody that has a bad thing to say about the guy and i love that and that's what you want in a champion you know what i mean you want somebody that puts in the work that makes you believe in him and makes you damn terrified of him in the best of ways while i am new to the black label pro family i'm so stoked that we get to call him our champ so yeah heavyweight hustle hell yeah yeah he's hustling he's collecting belts everywhere he goes all right speaking of Big matches and belts on the line. Friday night, August the 5th, and it's a sold-out Logan Square Auditorium. It's already sold out, so if you didn't get a ticket, you're out of luck. You're going to have to watch it in IWTV Live. We have Freelance Wrestling's Cheap Pop, and in that main event, we have Storm Grayson, the newly crowned Freelance World Champion, defending that title in a rematch against Robert Ego Anthony along with that dastardly clown, Frank the Clown, and Mick Foley is coming to town. He's going to be at C2E2, but he's also going to be a freelance as the special guest referee for this one. So I know, Val, you have a lot of strong feelings about this match, including a guy named Frank. So go ahead and uh, share your opinions on this match. Well, I don't know how it is that Rob Artie has this opportunity to have a rematch. It's like... I don't know. I mean, I didn't realize that we had an automatic rematch clause. I just don't understand. Now, admittedly, I had to miss the freelance show where Storm was crowned the freelance champion, where he earned that title. But I watched it. I watched it online. I was in New Jersey. I was working Pride and Vibe. It was a a queer wrestling event that I was booked for last year before the freelance schedule was released and I worked the weekend like mm-hmm. both shows. but I watched it like I watched it in the hotel room I watched the replay I watched it multiple times and Storm earned that title like I'm so proud of him holy shnikes what what a phenomenal rise right like yes. there's that and I'm not saying that Rob doesn't deserve a crack at, at the title because Rob had what like two years something like that but yeah, I mean, two titles forever too yeah but admittedly like 
there was a lot of deceit and treachery during that reign. Mm-hmm. Like there was a tomfoolery or frank foolery, if you will. Chicanery. So, chicanery. Ooh, good usage. Good word, my friend. Good word. Like it's I think Rob is a very, very special top tier athlete, and I will never discredit his skill set. He is so strong. He is so focused. He is so determined. He is very gifted. But I would love to see him go on a series without Frank and see what happens. Can mm-hmm. he do it on his own? I like to think that he could because he is, again, very skilled, very determined, very focused. But a lot of those wins may have been L's without that big loser, Frank. You know, and there was a lot of really close calls that were like riding that razor's edge that because there was clown paint in the mix went in the favor of Rob. And I don't know that it would have gone in the way of Robert Ego Anthony had the rainbow paint not been in the mix. You know what I mean? And I wonder how much he's going to come into play. I, I feel like. I feel like Mr. Foley is going to be very fair, you know, because I know that Frank has ties to, you know, Mrs. Foley's baby boys, baby girl, because she's one of my very, very close friends. And it kills me because I'm just like, Noelle, why? Why? Because she's one of the nicest humans alive. That's why I think she feels bad for him or something. I don't know what it is, but she's like one of the best humans alive. Let's be real. She really is. And that match alone is going to be so much fun and worthy of that sellout. But they have built up a really nice card for this show. And speaking of champions and speaking of people that you just saw at Black Label Pro, freelance legacy champion Brian Keith defends his title against Coco Lane and and with another person that a lot of people hate. And that's Trevor Outlaw in Coco Lane's corner. Trevor? is another person that is very frustrating for me because I think he has so much potential and so much, so much in him. If he would just be on the up and up and not be a little scumbag, you know? And I know that sounds harsh, but Coco is so great, but he's turning into this like snivelly little, I don't want to swear, but it rhymes with witch and Ooh, Brian Keith. Joe so solid Mm -hmm. and he's the bounty hunter he's out he's out ready to get his kill he's ready to get his man and he is not going to release that bounty of that title no 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 and we at freelance are so proud that he has that legacy title i mean i don't know that trevor is going to be so much of an impact on it i mean plus he's still nursing that injury how much damage can he do with one leg you know and I mean, Coco is a Southern fried flamingo. Take out one of his legs. He's screwed too. You know what I mean? I mean, my money is going to be on Brian Keith. Although I really am a big Coco Lane fan. I feel like getting Trevor in the mix is going to be a distraction more than an assist for Coco. Like, so I think, I think it's going the way of Keith. I think Storm retains. I think Keith retains. I don't see title changes happening this week. And I love Brian Keith's work ever since I first saw him over at Freelance Underground. And then I've been watching him on Freelance and IWTV as well. He's been an amazing talent and really nice too. I got to talk to him after one of the Freelance Underground shows. And he's a really chill dude, very nice guy. And Storm Grayson said some really nice things about Brian Keith. And here's a cheap pop for me real quick. Any episode of Windy City Slam podcast, including Storm Grayson, and yes, even that Frank the Clown, you can check out the archives now wherever you download your podcasts or at WindyCitySlam.com. <laughs> Moving on, Freelance Tag Team Championships. And I was a tad bit disappointed that the match changed. It's still going to be a great match, don't get me wrong. I was really looking forward to Lane and GPA getting their shot at the Bang Bros or your champions. But now the Bang Bros will be defending against Mark Wheeler and Taylor Rising. That should be a fun match. Well, I'm really excited because I haven't seen Taylor Rising in a while. Because, again, I was out of town for the last freelance show at Logan. 
but I am really excited to see how she's improved since the last time I saw her. Cause when I was watching the replays, I was just like, damn, but I know that the golden gun, Mark Wheeler is so good, but the bang bros are, have just been on a tear. They're pretty unstoppable, but I'm kind of thinking like, maybe this is the match that the titles do change. Hmm. I don't know. This is hard. Yeah. Cause it, the bang bros had like had a game plan against GPA and Laney. And now suddenly the, the match has changed and they were so busy this weekend at Starcast, and they've, Ooh, I wonder if these titles are going home to Canada. Could be. Yeah. I'm super, super biased. I, I'm a big Canadian fan. Right. Yeah. You were in uh, Toronto uh, a couple of times this year already. Yeah, my partner's Canadian, so I have like a whole Canadian everything. <laughs> Tim uh, oh yeah, I love me some Tim Hortons and my all dressed ruffles. Anybody that's in Canada, if you ever want to send me some all dressed ruffles, please do. I love them, and I love the Tim Biebs. They're the best. But um, geez, maybe Mark Wheeler's gonna take the titles off, and Taylor's such a badass. Oh geez. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this match. Yeah, because maybe the Bang Bros may be a little distracted too because yeah, different things going on in Black Label Pro where they may be getting some bad influences from a guy named Trevor there and coming back to freelance, maybe they're a little confused or whatever. They had a really rough loss. I mean, and they got to work with Jordan and Oliver, which is really, really cool. Like that was also a really fun match for me to intro because I love love jordan oliver he is such such a solid talent young dumb young dumb and brooke like he's so so talented go out of your way to watch his matches if you're not familiar with him get yourself familiar with him man i wish we could get him at freelance he's so so good so good big breakfast east coast ace clout cutter he's so 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 good but they did not come out on top they had a six-man tag against ratty daddy who we have seen at freelance Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole, uh, Crash Jackson, who is just like insanely powerful, and like I don't ever want to have a crossword with him ever. And of course, B Ball Mike Bailey, who probably is going to get Wrestler of the Year. And if he doesn't top the PWI 500, then why does it exist? So the three of them took that bout. So I don't know if the Bang Bros got a little too banged up there. Plus, they've been like starry-eyed at StarCast all weekend meeting all their heroes. Have they even had any time to focus? Plus, do they know that much about this tag team coming in from Canada? Mm-hmm. Ah, are they going to lose the titles? Yeah. Are they going to the Great White North? <laughs> this might be the one. Mike, this might be the one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. That should be good. I mean, Mark Wheeler, very impressive. And you you did mention how good he was. I got to see him at Warrior Wrestling. And he, he's terrific. Prior to the pandemic, he was wrestling with us quite a bit. He would come up quite often at Freelance. Every few months, he'd come up and just wrestling solo. But now that he's wrestling tag matches, I think he's found his new stride. It's very, very cool to watch. Very impressive. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we might see it. I might have to say and new all right let's get into the next match on this show and it's chicago's favorite daughter and she's just happy to be there kylie ray against longtime freelance guy and former freelance tag team champion darren corbin i am so excited for this match i don't know if they've ever faced each other in singles competition to be honest i think they've only ever like danced tag style and Kylie being the talent that she is, uh, we don't get to see her as much in the ring. So this is going to be a special treat for us to see Kylie Ray. And, and you never know what Darren Corbin's going to do. He's the master of the ginger snap. He's got some devious tricks up his sleeve. Although he got humbled a little bit at second wrestling uh, a little over a week ago against WWE legend Gangrel. But <laughs> Corbin is tough, and this should be a really good matchup. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen there. Um, and I mean, it's two former freelance champions against each other. So, you know, it's going to be a great match and they both are such skilled athletes and so talented in ring. The only thing I'm worried about 
Darren is really mean. And Kylie is really nice. Yeah. I'm wondering, I mean, she could get really mean in the ring. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just don't want him to be super mean. And is Bucky going to come and get involved or will Mikey finally return? Like we've been seeing, we've been feeling the spirit of Mikey all over Logan Square Auditorium every time, you know, the Take It Home Records wrestle. But I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know how this would go. I, I feel like, I feel like after her heartbreak with, you know, Team Alfonso going south, even though it was kind of her doing as the future, but at least for now, honorary uh, Team Valfonso, hopefully one day the announcer for Team Alfonso, I got to say it was kind of her fault, but I think Kylie's going to take the win on this one. Okay, let's get into the next match. And this match has one of your favorite people of all time, I think. Effie taking on frontman Jossie. Oh, geez, but I love Jossie so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so yes. two favorite people. Yes, I love Jossie. He's so, he's so great. Yeah, he's from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I love him so much. But, um, man, I don't know. Effie had a rough weekend. He and Allie catch dropped the GCW titles. So I think Effie's going to be hungry for a win because Bussy lost the tag titles. They held them for, I think, 111 days is what I saw. Mm-hmm. So I feel kind of bad for Ja C. I think Ja is going to be feeling the wrath. Yeah, so Daddy's going to be hungry is what you think, and Effie's going to probably pull that out. Yeah. And, I mean... Yeah, I think Effie's gonna. I think Effie's gonna take it. Plus, Effie, Effie lives. Effie lives at Logan Square. He just shines like the star that he is. But Jossie, mm, he's so he's so good. He he's been at Logan Square quite a few times, and I think when he's in a singles match, he really does shine. Like he does well in the scrambles. He always does. Mm-hmm. But I think when he, when it's one on one, he is he's better focused on his opponents and you can really see his strengths a lot more because it doesn't get clouded by all the distractions of trying to trying to slip in there and get those moments in. But I think Effie's going to take it. Sorry, Jossie. Love you. Love you, boo. Love you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Jossie, congratulations to him and ACH on winning the AAW tag team championships. Ooh. I got to go back and watch that because that, that's got to be good. Yeah, they uh, defeated um, Ace Perry and Hammerstone for those titles. Damn, that's got to be a good match. Mm-hmm. That was a strong show. Oh, hell yeah. When was that? Uh, it was a little like a, a little over a week or two ago, I believe. Okay. Yep. All yeah. right, yeah. I didn't they watch had that. 115 bourbon. Yeah, that was the first place I ever ring announced. Yeah, that's right. You told me that story before right here on Windy City Slam. Yes, indeed. All right, we got a couple more matches that were announced from Freelance. And this ought to be really good, too. And these are two of my favorite competitors. Dan the Dad, who's just an all-around cool guy and a great character. Oh, I was going to say, and he loves the band Kansas. Okay, cool, yeah. Great entrance music. And he is facing a guy a lot of people don't like anymore. I mean, I still have some positive feelings toward the guy because... He was one of the first indie guys that really gave me a chance to interview him. And that's Project Monix. Well, I'm just going to say I'm going Dan the dad because my, my grandmother raised me right. And she said, if you have nothing nice to say, then say nothing at all. Unless it's about Frank the Clown, then say everything bad at all times. <laughs> no, I didn't say that last part, but she said the first part. <laughs> And I, I know Monix, you know, with the whole uh, deal, the final phase over for Freelance Underground over in uh, Itasca last October. That was, I tell you, you know, like him or hate him, like the moment, hate the moment. It was the most electric, independent crowd I've ever been a part of. I mean, I, my, I had goosebumps that whole night with that whole thing with Monix, the way he reeled us all in, like it or not. I mean, it was just amazing storytelling one way or the other. Well, I'm going Dan the dad. That's what I'm saying about that. Okay. And now, do you think Dan is going to actually go up to the rafters and, and get his belt back that ended up up there? 
I think GPA owes him a new belt. So maybe, maybe GPA can just get him a new belt and we can forever leave that belt up there as the trophy that it's kind of become. Yeah. I kind of like it up there. It's kind of iconic now. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of like Kyle Schwarber's home run ball from the 2015 playoffs. Yeah. When they put it in the um, plastic. Mm-hmm. Like it was sat up on top of the, the board up there for, for a while. And did they actually finally retrieve that? Yeah, they did. For uh, But they left it on top there. And they did. They put, um, what is it called? Lucite or whatever. They, oh, okay. put, they put something around it initially. And they left it up there for a while. And then they did eventually go up and get it. But yeah, they left it atop the board because it was just too, it was too awesome. It was too ridiculous. Yeah, and it was it, amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was when the Cubs were actually still kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, so. That was the build-up to the great 2016 season and all the fun they had after that for like maybe five years or so. That was probably the greatest five-year run in the history of the Chicago. Well, I wouldn't say five years because it hasn't been very much fun the last two. Well, so, yeah, like, the last couple of years, right. But As, as somebody that works there. Yeah. As somebody that works there and is there every single game, it's not very fun the last two years. And no. uh, 2020, we weren't there. And 21 was pretty rough. And then the fire sale. And this year has been treacherous, to say the least. But neither here nor there. Thankfully, I have wrestling bring life in my life. Absolutely. <laughs> and speaking of wrestling, we have one more match from Freelance to talk about. It's the Scramble match. Angel Escalera and then our old friend Bucky, Ethan Price. Coda Hernandez going it alone without Darius Luttrell. Uh, I believe it's, uh, is it Devin Monroe or Devon Monroe? It's Devon. Devon it's not, not Devin, it's Devon. Devon, Devon Monroe. Okay, thank yeah. you for that. And then Craig Mitchell making his return after about a six-month absence. He had a kind of a terrible injury that he totally worked through and finished his match. So this ought to be an interesting scramble with all the different styles in there. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it was a partially ruptured Achilles tendon, I yeah. think, is what happened um, with Craig Mitchell. And it was in his match during Brian Keith, Brian Keith versus Mitchell. And yeah, and they kept going. And that match was sick. I remember being on commentary and we were like losing our minds. And then to find out that he was actually quite injured and he finished it pretty phenomenal. But now I'm I'm rather biased here because. I love everyone in this scramble. As we all know, I love all of wrestling except for Frank the Clown. And I'm going to go Devon Monroe because Devon has been on an upward trajectory and I only see him continuing to rise and shine like the star that he is. And if you're not familiar with the black excellence of Devon Monroe, please do yourself a solid. Look into First Wrestling based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. That's his primary promotion, but he is all over the Midwest and, you know, making towns throughout America. But what a star Devon has become and get hitched to this train because it's nonstop, like just getting better and better and better and charismatic and delightful and just so enjoyable and just a star, a star and an Soon to be icon, trust me on this. Like Devon Monroe, I would like to see Devon Monroe take the win. You see that happening, but I'm going to go with Craig Mitchell. I think even though he might have some rust, I think he's got something to prove. He had some momentum before he got injured and it kind of got stunted. And he's got something to prove in this match. And that was going to be a huge weekend for Craig when he had that match with Brian Keith. That was supposed to be Friday night against Brian Keith. And then Saturday night at Berwyn Championship Wrestling against Vic Capri, which would have been another amazing match. Yeah. So I think he's got something to prove. I'm going Craig Mitchell here, but I wouldn't be surprised to see any number of guys end up winning this match. Yeah, honestly, I could see anybody taking it because all of the names that you listed are all people that, you know, because winning the freelance scramble is, it's kind of like, okay, you're grabbing that spotlight. Because the freelance scramble is like it. That's how we open every show. And, you know, to steal a moment from one of the top promotions in the world, even though not necessarily always my favorite, I feel like it was 
Kevin Owens that said with WWE, if you're not in the main event, you want to be in the opening match because it says it sets the tone, right? Yep. So if you're not main, you want to be in the opener. And like the scramble is how we always start the show because it sets that pulse, it sets that pace. And so like, if you're not the main event, if you're not that top dog, top tier headlining the show, like whoever wins that scramble, that's like the big like pop that you're going to get to start that show out. I mean, that's, that's huge. So if you can grab that spotlight from this, you know, the five other people that are in there with you, that's, that's really, really awesome. So, I mean, any of the names that you mentioned, I think could take it, but I'm going Devon, divine Devon. That's what I'm going. And that should be a hell of a show. Freelance wrestling presents cheap pop at the sold out Logan square auditorium Friday night, August the 5th, 8 PM bell time. If you don't already have a ticket, you must watch this show on IWTV.live. I subscribe to it. It's 10 bucks a month. You get great promotions on there like Freelance, Freelance Underground, Black Label Pro, and many, many more. It's a great value and always awesome shows from Freelance Wrestling. Yeah. And, um, you know, myself and KML will be on um, commentary. So definitely tune in and follow along. We really appreciate all the comments that we get. So whatever the hashtag is, we usually repeat it throughout the show. Please, please tweet along with us. We do really appreciate all the comments and feedback. It really does mean a lot to us. And if you do have questions, you can always ask, you know, with whatever the hashtag is, we'll announce it at the start of the show and say it throughout. So it's, it's a really great way to interact and let us know that you care and let us know that you're there. And it means a lot to us, you know it keeps us going and it keeps us motivated and it keeps us focused and it, and it's like a high five, you know? So if you can't be there with us because you didn't get a ticket already, sorry, but this is the way that you can do it. And it's pretty awesome to know that people are tuning in from all over. Like I have friends in Australia that I met in roller derby, you know, 15 years ago and they watch on IWTV because they are now into wrestling. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Now, I want to turn to something that you, it's very near and dear to you, and it's coming up in about a month's time during All Out Weekend. It's Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Yes. So go ahead and talk about why that's so special to you. Well, I am super excited. I actually just saw Effie Friday in Nashville, and we briefly touched on it because I was actually leaving as he was coming in. and. It's going to be Big Gay Brunch 5. Now, I guess, it, you know, there was the one-hour Big Gay block of the Fight Forever 24-hour show. But mm-hmm. outside of that, I've been a part of every Big Gay Brunch that we've had. And this is only uh, the only town that we've had two Big Gay Brunches in. And that's so cool. And I have been a part of every single one. I started out as one of the hostesses. I was a host uh, alongside Jay Rose. You know, I'm a bi woman, so I got to represent bisexuals everywhere because unfortunately there's this really gnarly thing called bi razor. People constantly tell me it's a phase and that, oh, I'm just dating a man, but I'm actually a lesbian or, oh, no, no, you're a straight woman. You're just, you know, going through a phase when I have a girlfriend and it's like, no, just love who you love as long as you love and be good to each other and don't judge and don't hate and you know, people are like, oh, no, you're pan then. And I'm like, well, no, it's it's bi works for me. Pan works for you. And that's fine. And if you're not sure how you're feeling, just take the time. And, and when you feel comfortable, then you can declare how you're feeling. And if you don't ever want to, that's fine, too. And just be comfortable in your own skin and just be you. And, you know, and if if there's somebody out there that's like confused about how they're feeling and they don't have anybody to talk to, you can always reach out to me. Uh, you can stop me at a show and we can have a chat and you can always reach out to me on Twitter. It's just at Val Capone. Um, I'm, I'm pretty approachable. I know I might not seem like it cause I'm always rushing from one gig to another, but you can always talk to me. I'm also on Instagram at Valfonts. It's like Alphonse, but with a V in front. And it's just really important to represent, you know, queer talent of all shapes, sizes, colors, everything, you know, I feel really honored that at the first big gay brunch that we did, we did it in Indianapolis at the collective 2020. 
I got to do the ring announcing for Sunny Kiss versus Cassandro, which was so crucial for me. Cassandro, of course, is one of the legendary Exoticos. So one of the first openly out gay men in Mexico. And the Exoticos, if you're not familiar, are very flamboyant Mexican luchadors that iconic standard setter. This is like Cassandra is so crucial to the next step, the evolution to where we are now. So please look up Cassandra if you're not familiar with how talented they are. There's been a documentary done about him and um, Cassandra actually uses all pronouns and was so sweet when I talked to them in the back. Because one of the things that I think is very important and it, it seems challenging for some people, which I don't really understand but i try to just like you should you should always try to understand other people right Mm -hmm. um just like a courtesy thing right is people have such a difficult time with pronouns and people are going to make mistakes and people are going to slip up but they have no problem calling a man named mark the undertaker they have no problem with that Mm -hmm. they have no problem believing that he is a dead man who can roll his eyes back into his head and shoot lightning bolts out of his fingers. But they couldn't possibly understand that a trans woman is a woman. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. So one of the things that I always do is I always say, Oh, uh, what are your pronouns? I don't say what are your preferred pronouns? Because that's not a thing. It's what are your pronouns? Mm-hmm. It's not a preference. It's what are your pronouns? And People always ask me because I have my Twitter bio. I have she, her. Now, personally, I don't mind what you can use she, her, they, them. You can even use he, him, and I wouldn't be offended personally, but I prefer that you not. Um, You can use she, her, they, them. That's fine because I'm very gender fluid, but he, him would be okay, although I'd prefer the she, them. So I always ask, and I asked Cassandro, and Cassandro said, oh, you know, either she or he is fine. Just don't call me a she, he. And I said, oh, I would never do that. (laughs) And Sunny Kiss also said the same thing. And they were wrestling in the main event. And it was so gorgeous because it was the history of queer wrestling in Cassandro and the future of queer wrestling in Sunny Kiss. And it was just so beautiful to get to be a part of that and to announce that in the ring. And earlier in the evening or in the afternoon, rather, because it was brunch, I got to open the show. And again, if you're not in the main event, you better set the pace of the party with the opener. And our opener was two trans women wrestling each other. And it was Dark Sheik, who is a legendary icon of independent wrestling from Hood Slam, and who we now know as Edith Surreal. Now, Edith Surreal used to wrestle as Still Life with Apricots and Pears. Okay. And I even asked her if she would prefer apricots or apricots because everybody pronounces things differently, you know, and it's just a general courtesy and it was just great to get to intro them as it was the first time two trans women face each other in the ring as in like an opener. And I believe one of the first times, if not the first time two trans women face each other in the ring. It was so cool. And it's just really important to me uh, to just give everybody respect. And people are like, ah, oh, pronoun, Jesus, you're so PC. And it's like, no, I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm just trying to be polite and considerate. And for me, as somebody that prefers to spread kindness rather than rage or anger or unnecessary rudeness, like there's nothing wrong with being polite and considerate. And just as much as it's not, it doesn't take much time to hold the door open for someone when you walk through it. It doesn't take much to say please or thank you. It doesn't take much to say what are your pronouns. And if you slip up, you're going to make a mistake. That's fine. Just correct and move on. It's no big deal. It takes two seconds to be nice. You know, it's nice to be nice, right, Mike? Yes, it is. Yeah. uh, Speaking of inclusivity and events like that, you also were a huge part of NLS is for everyone back at the Berwyn Eagles Club back in March. And that was a great show. And if you missed that, Check that out on IWTV as well. So tell me a little bit about your experience over there for NLS. 
Well, that was really fun. Um, I got I got reached out to by Coda Holiday herself, and she said, "Hey, I know that you are involved in the queer wrestling community. We would love to have you be involved in our debut show. It's NLS is for everyone. We want to feature some like some under the radar talent as well as some you know well known stars, and we want to do a a good mix because we believe that wrestling should be for everyone, and." you know, not just queer talent, but also allies and just, you know, just everyone like Mm -hmm. at for everyone as wrestling should be and really, really great. It was a fun day. It was a long day. It was 12 matches, which is a bit long. And they, they know that they're like, well, we're not going to do that again, but it was for our debut show. So we wanted to give everybody a shot, which was very cool. I thought. Um, And so I did commentary for all 12 matches and I had Trevor, he was there. So I was like, I don't care what you think you're doing this with me. And so I forced him to do it. So sometimes he's nice, just not usually sometimes he's a jerk, but sometimes he's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, each one of the founding members of uh, NLS joined me for a match and then Trevor did the rest with me and it was really fun. It was enjoyable. And it was actually my first time being like the head announcer or whatever. So that was kind of cool. Well, for wrestling, for roller derby, I've done it for feels like a millennia, but like about a decade and a half. I've been mm-hmm. like head announcer for World Cup tournaments. And yeah, so but for wrestling, that's a very different experience. So it was very, very cool and a little nerve wracking. So when you do go back and watch it, please be kind with your comments because it was my first time. So be gentle and polite, please. Yeah, be <laughs> yeah, kindly wine. <laughs> Yes, please. But it was very cool. And I I can't wait for us to do a a second round of it. I hope we get to do it again soon. That's pretty awesome. And before I let you go from this interview, uh, really quick, go ahead and plug your social media again, whatever merchandise you might have. I know there's that awesome Val Capone shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees and then whatever upcoming shows you're going to be working. Well, there is my Pro Wrestling Tees shirt. Yep. The Val Capone is my homie. That's the classic. Although I think I might, somebody asked me if I wanted to make a new one. I think I might make a new one um, because it's been a while, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a dorky, just like me. It's a dorky uh, cartoon version of myself that my coworker Julio drew up and uh, Matt Nix actually kind of came up with the concept uh, when the pandemorama hit really hard and all my jobs disappeared. And it was really cool. I was a top seller on Purvis and Peace for like September 2020. What? That's insane. But it helped me uh, not lose my car, which was cool because I was in danger of uh, getting my car repossessed. So that was pretty cool. Thank you to everybody that bought a shirt. Please do buy more. As far as upcoming projects, let me think. Well, you already said Effie's Big Gay Brunch. So please support that in every way possible. Freelance is coming up this Friday. Black Label Pro is August 27th. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's totally Eclipse of the Heart, which yep. if I'm not mistaken, uh, there's a there's a big-ass battle royale. And Jimmy Hart, is that the show? Yes, yeah. Jimmy Hart will be yeah, there. Jimmy yeah. Hart. Oh, Eclipse of the Heart, yes. <laughs> wow. Okay, so for real, I tested positive on New Year's Day. I got stuck in Canada for 10 days. I had COVID really gnarly style because I'm a high-risk individual. I am immunocompromised because I'm a crony. So I have long COVID. And I mentioned this to you off camera, but one of the things is it severely affected my brain and I have a very rare brain disorder. So I do apologize if I come across as a space cadet or if I pause a lot. I have a really awesome thing that one in 100,000 people have. So... I do apologize, which is very frustrating when you talk into a microphone for a living that I forgot words, <laughs> but hopefully I can recover soon. So yes, please buy t-shirts because it's hard to work when you can't think of words, <laughs> but what else is coming up? So yeah, I know freelance black label pro, uh, and I'm sure there's some Zello projects brewing. Um, there's some freelance underground stuff. I don't know that I'm going to be on, but I obviously want freelance underground to be successful. So definitely look them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. There's just always something going on with me. I know that there's some other stuff brewing in the Chicagoland area. So just keep an eye out, but definitely give me a follow on Twitter. Sometimes I just rant and rave about all the things that you could do with Malort. But usually I talk about wrestling and, you know, a lot of Disney stuff, really dorky crap. If you're mm-hmm. into dorky crap, give me a follow on Twitter. Um, and that's the best way to get in touch with me. And like I said, 
if there's ever anything that you want to chit chat about, yeah, I'm always there. I can always uh, take the time to talk to somebody that needs to bend in here. That's me. I'm here. Check out Val Capone at Freelance on the mic on IWTV this Friday night at First Sheet Pop. She'll also be a Black Label Pro. You never know when you might catch her at Freelance Underground or Warrior Wrestling or whatever other show that might come up. Thanks for joining us, Val. We really appreciate talking to you once again. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Always awesome to talk to Val Capone. Looking forward to hearing her commentary this Friday night at Freelance Wrestling's Cheap Pop. That's going to be a great show. And before I get to next week, I just want to mention Two Heels and a Face podcast. Two great guys, Charlie and Chris. They had Storm Grayson on as well recently. Kind of piggybacked off our interview here on Windy City Slam podcast. Very good interview, adding a little bit more to what we said. So go ahead and listen back to our episode of Storm Grayson on Windy City Slam podcast. And then also check out a great interview by Two Heels and a Face with Storm Grayson as well. All right, next week, we'll recap Freelance Wrestling's Cheap Pop and a whole lot more. Plus, we welcome for the very first time a fan favorite on the local scene, the lovable Chico Suave. And we'll talk about his upcoming match with Project Monix at Freelance Underground's This Thing of Ours on August the 13th. You're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.